0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Um, Why don't we do like this? Today, um, I'll handle, if someone else has some serious issues they'd like me to discuss. Um, we had a, we're had we having a couple issues already here. Uh, we got relationships and uh, certain aspect of relationships which you're still not being real clear about. I'd like you to be real straightforward with uh, modern uh, complexities. How do you, uh, uh, before marriage? Uh, for marriage oh, for example, intimacy before marriage. Sure. Okay, so that's one subject is intimacy. Oh, good new pens. <laughs> intimacy before marriage. This pen's really good, by the way. Huh? Oh really uh, yeah, you can get high, get high off these pens. Um, <laughs> and then we had uh, we had uh, uh, mor- morality with uh, weapons. Morality with weapons. <laughs> weapons. We also had uh, dealing with the sphera Right now we're counting the the days which each one has a listing import. We'll just talk about that a bit. Yeah. I want to know why the other three or four spheres aren't in the count of seven. <laughs> okay. Okay, I don't mind mentioning that. Uh, why Chabad? Chabad. <laughs> Why Chabad was left out? <laughs> <laughs> Not Chabad, the Hasidic group. This is Chachma Bina Das in the sphere. Counting of the spheres, we do seven sevens, which is Cheseg Vortipheres Netzach But we don't do anything with Chachma Bina Das. Chabad is Chachma Bina Das. Okay, that's a good question. Anyone else has some questions? There's no taboos here. You can literally ask anything. I don't care what it is you know like like this is the place where all this cra- all the crazy things you read in like cnn.com who's like you know somehow trying to catch up to the drudge report on raunchy news um, like all the stuff you read about like what does Judaism say about such things like what does Judaism say you want to get wherever you're from you want to get back there and have answers for what Judaism says okay uh, when a person don't come to you yeah when I'm um, looking for the right, um, um, soulmate, how to be able to, um, decide, um, to know that it's the right, um, person for you to eventually... Make. uh okay. How do you know when it comes to marriage? I'll make a up. <laughs> and that it's the right person. Okay, how do you know? I'll give her, I'll give, she'll be the, she... Okay. <laughs> How do you know? Uh, Yes, sir. Contraception in Judaism. Oh, yeah? That's interesting to you? Okay. Contraception. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Any others? Yeah. Anyone who's uh, raised sheltered better make their way out quick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Mindy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going through a challenge. How do you know want to keep on trying for new stuff I want to just say that this is what it is and I'll accept it uh, challenges breakthrough or, reco- or accept yeah, that's a good question for me or accept okay and I'll take a uh, Sorry, you got something someone else Yeah, Moshe <laughs> <laughs> Moshe my dearest oldest student mm. how long are we learning together now I don't either. <laughs> yeah, what's your question, Mister Two Empty Cup Guy? Shaving in Judaism. What? Shaving in Judaism. Oh, shaving. Oh. Uh, what part of the body are you referring to? <laughs> okay. Shaving. Okay. Uh, any others? Those are all good. Okay. Okay, let's hit it. Uh, Jordan. Jordan, one of my oldest friends, we hadn't seen each other in 25 years, till what was that, yesterday or the day before? Yesterday. yesterday, the first time we saw each other. Sorry for being, I maybe mean, I'm unemotional that I didn't cry, but when we we hugged, and yeah. Jordan cried, and, and I, 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 love my I was just too happy, I was too happy to yeah. cry. You were happy too, you were crying from happy. It's, it's to yeah. to we hadn't seen each other in so long. And we were, we were both like really high 25 years ago when, when we bumped, I asked him to drive. I'm like, I'm not driving, you drive. And he bumps right into this lady in my four wheel drive truck. In my four wheel drive truck where anything you touch in that truck, it just gets like bashed in because it was covered in roll bars and stuff <laughs> like anything you touch everyone, every car that I'd ever touched it totaled the car so so anyway the last 25 years he's been wondering like does he owe money does he not owe money so in, what did he do he gave a hundred bucks to my neighbor who, oh, yeah. who needed money for uh, for a club he runs a kids club he's taking them all up north today I'll go to the and you're you're the sponsor yes, so fine. exciting yeah, that must feel great did you put my band on <coughs> yeah okay any any last questions okay drugs and alcohol and Judaism. okay drugs and alcohol you have a drug of choice that you want to bring up here marijuana the popular one and I'm not going to put a lot of alcohol in there because everyone knows how Judaism feels about alcohol weed and Judaism look at that it got the top yeah weed and Judaism they um, it's so it's so interesting that uh, how we feel about alcohol. Oh my gosh, Whoa. we are really pro alcohol. You know, it, I only found out a few years ago that Gentiles charge for alcohol at their weddings. What? Yeah, what they do. What? Yeah, you charge. Charge. What? Charge. Yeah, yeah. You it can be go? very expensive. You go to a wedding, you oh. come out like a hundred bucks in the hole after that. Yeah, you want alcohol in a, at a wedding? Whoa. Trying, and the first thing Gentiles do when they get invited to a Jewish wedding, they're just like, yeah, you know, and they, they walk in there, and they're like, open bar? Like, is this is guy, this a fool? Awesome. Like, we're all going to just get drunk on this guy's tab? And they're so excited that we offer free alcohol at our weddings. But if you're Jewish, it's like, it's inconceivable you pay for your own drinks. And if you're Gentile, it's inconceivable you not pay for your own drinks. Is that bizarre? Yeah, but you actually pay for your own. but Judaism like let everyone get tanked at your wedding you know no holds swap on the on the house no holds barred you know what, you've been to a Gentile wedding you, you, get you gotta pay for your own guys. drinks yeah not always but oh always. You, they do pay sometimes oh of course if they're wealthy it depends on who it is I've been to free I, a lot of my family Gentile I've been to free weddings with all you can drink really or the we like were are they Irish or something no we just like <laughs> 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 So I have actually a keg party almost every third meal at my house. Um, this week, by the way, I just want everyone to know because it's Thursday and Shabbos is coming. None of you are invited. <laughs> Some group like out of nowhere is coming. Twenty-two people, so we're we're maxed out this week. Sorry. Normally we have this big. But you know what? This is a good week to miss because we're not allowed. We're not doing live music for the next couple of weeks for like two more weeks. So it's, we, our band, we have a band that plays every Saturday night at my house. Wow, with with my a, with concert. band and beer and it's great. I mean, what better way to do a havdal? But, uh, but this week we don't have the band anyway, so you're not missing anything. Okay, um, but everyone remember, please don't that's come Saturday over this <laughs> week. What? Right? What's that's open? We'll For you? About, yeah. For you. And your cousin. Yeah, it's my it's my daughter We just discovered it. it's my daughter's 18th birthday This Shabbos Which is very exciting Yeah, just We had a lot of kids man It's hard to remember whose birthday is and when you know. yeah. I just remembered Another birthday is a bat mitzvah We have a The next Shabbos is a bat mitzvah Which is very exciting I just made a reservation For a restaurant we're going to do a full thing I i only get invited like Back in America my uh, uncle will invite, he's ready. He'll invite us to Bar Mitzvah's wedding Like so three weeks in advance. Exactly. We're like, uh, we appreciate the invite, but like, I need more than three weeks to fly across the entire world. Uh, I run a seminar company where right. some of the countries I go to run it are, are Haredi, you know, Black Attitude. And you know when they decide they're going to a 24-hour seminar, and it's four days, 24 hours, meaning it's your life, those four days. You know when they decide... Three days. Three days. And, and it makes me insane, which means I have to fly three days earlier to do all kinds of free intros. Just to, like, turn them on to it. Because any other seminar in the world, you fly in the day of the seminar and you start teaching. I have to fly three days early, miss a family Shabbos. Which, miss Shabbos with my family. To do an intro so they can make their little last-minute decision on what they're doing on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Of, the, of like, the next week. So I wondered why Haredim are like that, and I discovered the reason is, is because we're always living by the seat of our pants. You're just trying to slide in a home plate, which is Shabbos, every week, intact. With like, you want to, when you get to your table Shabbos night, you just count your kids and it makes you, like you take roll call, and if everyone's there Shabbos, like you you made it. And like, there's no such thing as plans. And they, and whereas I have I have friends in New York, you know, like the Midtown financial type people. And they're like, they know what they're doing in 2020. They literally know where they'll be 2020. Winter break, summer break, you know, they, that's all, it's all buttoned up. You know, in 2021, 2021, they know. You know, they, and they'll call me up, they're like, I got the best news. I'm like, what is it? It's like, we're coming to Israel in December 30, you know, 31st, on, in 2024. And I just like, whoa, I'm, I'm, I'm falling out of my seat. You know, like, I can't breathe. And they are they literally. I'm supposed to pretend I'm excited about that, you know. By then, Mashiach will have come. Like yeah. a miracle will be like an old story people tell about, you know. <laughs> to each his own. Okay, here we go. Um, we're going to start. We'll start with the easy one shaving. <laughs> Make it, quick. it won't be very quick. <laughs> just, just <for> men <laughs> so, shaving, yeah, that'll be very quick. Is uh, is uh, men's beards are Men's beards are the uniqueness of a man's face. It's your God-given face. Your God-given face is not the clean-shaven version. Your God-given face is all those hair follicles. There are no two hair follicles that are alike, even on identical twins. The identical twins will often grow different beards, even though they're identical. But they're, because your beard is this like kabbalistic wonder, there were there were kabbalists who used to read beards, and therefore the Torah, the Torah, one of the. T- 613 commandments is thou shall not put a blade to your face. But comes along modern technology and they have these electric shavers that can actually somehow lift and cut, and nip and tuck. I don't know what they do. And they somehow figure out a way to give you a clean shave without actually ever having a blade on your face. Now, do you... That's about the same level commandment as like not eating... Like, it's the same as pork but But as long as you Lithuanians for instance different sects of Jewish people some shave. it's okay you're allowed to do it it's just that anyone who's reading the Torah is going to get the sense that when God bothers making one of the 613 commandments to not put a blade to your face and not cut the corners of your you know your beard and stuff don't cut that stuff Hmm. chances are God's telling the Jews you should be having beards that that's unique to the Jewish people, that we grow our beards. Now, you get Kabbalistic. It start, you, you notice the beards are tubular. Hair on the top of the head, at least if you're Caucasian or Sephardic or whatever, but non-African. The hair on the top of the head is flat. It's flat. It's, it's also got some kind of hollowness to it, but it's flat. It's totally closed. And that's called like tuma. It's closed. Tuma means satum. It means it's clogged. That's the hair on the top of it. all has everything to do with ego. That's why women cover their hair after their, after, soon after they're married. Meaning the next morning. The night of the marriage they can dance away with their original hair. So wait, I thought married women have to cover their hair. No. It's a woman who now realizes how powerful she is, which she only finds out at about two in the morning when she discovers how powerful she is because she thought it was a male-dominated world and now she just discovered it's a female-dominated world because she just saw her her new husband turn into a bowl of jelly. yeah. And she sees <laughs> who's got the power. And the power of a woman is in her hair. That's all that... You can't tell when you're looking at a Corvette commercial or a Mustang commercial. You can't tell if they're selling hair product or they're selling a car from the lady sitting on the hood with her hair flowing around like that. And you'll notice... And guys... You should know women check you out way before you check them out. They, you, you think you're like being sly, you know, checking out a girl. She checked you out way before you checked her out. And But how do you know? There's a hint to know a girl checked you out. And the way you know a girl checked you out is she cannot help but touch her hair right after she checks you out. Every girl will touch her hair right after she She can't help it. She will immediately touch her hair. Hair is the power of a woman. And after she's realized her power, which is the end of the wedding night, not the dancing, but the end of the wedding night, when she discovers her power, the next morning she has to start covering her hair. Why? What's the big deal? Women power, man. What happened to feminism? Like, Shouldn't women have power? The answer is not if they want a relationship with God. You want a relationship with God, he's the power. God's the power. Okay, You want, you want a relationship with God, you have to be an empty vessel, not a full vessel. God's the power. God's the power of my life. I'm a pretty powerful person. But God's the power. And that's the same for women. Once they realize their power, they gotta now subdue it so they can have a relationship with God. Okay? And the more humble you are, the greater the relationship. Who had the, can you move your stuff so she can sit in that last seat? So you're not blocking her. Who had the most powerful, just put it on the next seat. Okay. Who had the most powerful relationship with God in the world? Who was chosen to actually receive the law? Moses, what is the one thing we know about Moses? Not that he was smart. In fact, there's even ways you could read it out that Moses wasn't that smart. There were several things he just didn't even understand when God was giving it, teaching it to him. Humble. Yeah, he was humble. Relationship with God comes with humility. You got power. That's why for so many men, mincha is the worst prayer of the day. Okay. Uh, Shachris, when a man wakes up, okay, he's nobody anyway. Until someone calls him boss, he's a loser. Okay? And every man wakes up like a, you know, you can barely scrape him off his bed with a spatula when a man wakes up. You know, he hasn't put on his power suit yet. You know? So okay, Shachris, every man will go in Shachris and try to build himself up throughout the prayers. But, Minra, we're in the prime of our day. We're in like, we're, we're the guy. And what happens, you could be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. You go into the minion, and they're like, oh, uh, you're seven. And you're like, who are you calling seven? You know who you're talking to? Do you know who you're messing with? Yeah, they... But you're seven. No one cares. Mincha is one of the hardest prayers of the day. Because it just zaps you of your power. You've you got to stop being Mr. Guy and go pray Mincha. In a minion. Minions. Minions are rough on the ego. Very rough on the ego. Now, um, anyway, so keep the beards. Uh, you are allowed to shave, like you were saying. You're allowed to shave. Got to have a razor, a shaver, an electric shaver that's prescribed by, you know, you go online. You can look up which ones are kosher. You can even retrofit them. In Israel, most of them come into the country retrofitted, or they come in and then they retrofit them. Um, and I've always had a standing deal I guess I still will keep it up because it costs a lot of money but anyone who's willing to go from a blade to a shaver I will pay for it okay anyone who's willing to quit the blade it's going to itch like crazy for about three weeks but yeah, anyone's willing to stop using a blade and, but, and they promise for the rest of their lives no more blades but they'll use electric shaver which means I'm, I am have a clean shaven beard I don't care clean shaven. but don't do it with a blade <laughs> at least don't at least don't break the Torah command okay you break Maybe the, the feeling behind the commandment was God says have beards. But the actual Torah commandment, use a shave, or electric shaver, I got, I'll cover. Okay? That's my standing deal. Okay? That goes online too. Anyone watching this? wanna go electric shaver, and you promise? I got you covered. Okay? Uh, next is a, a, oh gosh, uh, this one I'm particularly good at. So uh, the other ones I'm going to have to wing it. <laughs> <laughs> but, what happens but, during Mincha? There's not a, a minion. Not a minion at Mincha. Yeah. You pray by yourself. Okay. Yeah, and you get to you can't do all the you know the Kadosh 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 business. There's no kaddish. You okay, Can't so say Yes Yes right. There's stuff you miss out on. Ten men okay. allow for certain things, but the most important thing about ten men is that when you space out, Mister ADHD, you know, smoke too much grass you know, when you space out on some of those 19 blessings. If you're with 10 men, it goes up anyway. If you're alone, no deal. Hits the roof. Boom. Hits the ceiling, bounces back. Prayers only work if you're concentrating. If you're not concentrating, you got to have 10 men in the room. So we're careful to always pray with 10 men, unless yeah. we just missed. And if we miss the minion, okay. So pray by yourself and try to concentrate. But the uh, but the when you got ten men in the room, your prayers go up no matter what. God never refuses the mini- the prayers once you've got the number ten men in the room. So it's nice because then you can just space out and think about money while you pray. Okay, <laughs> just kidding. Now um, regarding challenges, do you, when do you know when you got a challenge? How do you know whether to keep pushing or whether to stop? Now one rule of thumb—it's probably the easiest rule of thumb to know—is that if it's a mitzvah. Push through, if it's a what's called a reshus or a an elective, if it's an elected thing, yeah. And you're seeing all the red lights, like it's like perfectly. The street just lined up red lights for you, and everything's getting challenged. Back off, back off. Just accept it, move, make a U turn, move out. Okay. If you're doing a mitzvah, so everything, every challenge that comes your way is called in in Hebrew. The challenges are called minia or Menius, spelled like this. It's called a minia yeah, or a miniot. Okay, so it, those same letters are neimus. It's the same letters as the word as the word ni Miniot means uh, challenges, challenges or obstacles I don't know how to spell that and uh, L or C-L-E-S. obstacles or um, and this means sweetness <coughs> so the any obstacle, when you've got a mitzvah at hand, for example, there were, I had a dangerous neighborhood I used to ride my bike through and if I were ever on my way to do a mitzvah I'd ride through that neighborhood if I ever was not doing a mitzvah, I'd still ride through the neighborhood. But if I noticed something like weird happened or something went wrong, my chain fell off the bike, or like a tour group like was kind of blocking the way, I'd immediately make a U-turn and go the long way. But before I made the U-turn, I'd always say to myself, am I on my way to a mitzvah? Or am I, or I'm just trying to get home for dinner? <coughs> which is also kind of a mitzvah. It's not the same. Like, so I would come home five minutes later. So I, I only went through the dangerous neighborhood when I was on my way for a mitzvah. No matter what happened, chain fell off, good. It's more, more reward. Tour group in front of me, great. It'll slow me down, more reward to push through this. So, so obstacles are the sweetness when you're doing a mitzvah. Obstacles are a sign from God to make a U-turn when it's an elective. You get that? When it's an elective. Clear? So, if you let's say you're just going on a fun road trip with your friends, but everything's going wrong, turn around, like God's saying, "Don't go this week. You know, choose another week. Don't go. Go see a movie. Do something else." Um, the uh, so, but if you're on your way to do a mitzvah and everything's going wrong, it's called an upkumenishet, okay? And uh, you just keep pushing, keep pushing. Now, um, when it comes to personal issues, when it, more personal challenges. Who could give me an example of a personal challenge where you don't know whether to accept it or try to grow through it? anyone's willing to be that open? If your wife wants a divorce, can do it. <laughs> Okay, wife wants a divorce. What do you got? Wife wants a divorce? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah? <laughs> okay, what? Being raised in a, in a of culture and not believing in it. Uh-huh. Do I change or do I fit in? Excellent one. Okay, I'll try to handle both quickly. So, um, so when a wife wants out, yeah. So the the in general, it's it's your fault, as a man, okay. And it's almost always because you weren't being a man, okay. That's just the way it is. So, and but meanwhile, how is anyone supposed to be a man? I mean, we're like seventy years into feminism. Like we apologize for being a man. Men are already wearing like tight pants, okay. Like there's no such thing as men anymore. And, and all you girls who think you're gonna marry a man. Yeah, good morning. Okay, you're getting a woman. And if you're lucky, you will turn him into a man before you become a woman. Cause women become women. When, by the time they turn like 37, 38, suddenly like all your femininity just goes like, like powerful. I don't know what it is. It's like, it's like it's last 10 years before menopause or something. Like the femininity just goes like, so you, you could be like, you could be the most butch feminist till Forty, and all of a sudden you become like, you know, Priscilla You know, you're like, you're like, you become like Miss Femininity. Miss Femininity. Well, male and female always attract. That's why you'll notice most homosexual com- companies, most homosexual couples. There's usually a man and a woman, even though they're both women or they're both men. There's usually a, a dominant and a subdominant. There's a there's a a causer and a receiver. And a male, everything's male and female. There's nothing in the creation that's not male and female everything is and there's some men that are female there's some female that are men and they genetically she's a female but she's manly and so so what happens is no matter what you are no matter what this society impressed upon you um, you will become like a very intense woman at about 40 Now the problem is what does a woman want what does female want male she wants male but once she hits those ages she's looking around for the male but the male is long gone Male, and she killed him twenty years ago when they got married. You know, not literally. He was killed in his upbringing already when he saw his father. He was killed when he saw his father with his tail between his legs, while Darth Vader called the shots, otherwise known as Mom. And the uh, anyway, so so the uh, so men, so ladies, don't even think you're going to get a man. You're going to get a woman, and meaning a a male, but you're going to be the boss. And you will um, build him. You build him, you build him, you build him. And apparently there's some book that you're supposed to read, which I've never read, which is not for men to read, but it's called The Surrendered Wife. And literally let the electricity get turned off in your house. And your husband will come home to the blackout, and he'll just be like, what's going on? And you're like, I don't know, the light switches don't work. And meanwhile, you know, you, you stop paying the bills. Because what happens is women pay the bills. Women do everything. So, And men like that because we're the women we want to be taken care of we want you to nurture us while we cry on your shoulder and the woman's just like ah, get out you know get out so so the uh and of course they can't help but look around and, and they're ostensibly observant they're supposed to be like good girls but they can't help looking around you know whenever they see a manly man they're just like you know, how'd I get married to this schmo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so it's really, uh, it's really important. You build your man. Just let the electricity get shut off. He's like, the switch isn't working. Well, I wonder what's wrong. <laughs> like, well, well, did you call the electric company? And She's like, no. And he's like, well, you're just sitting here in the dark. She's like, yeah. Well, can you please call the electric company? No.
1: <laughs>
0: Why not? Why don't you call them? Well, I don't have their number. Okay? So we'll just sit in the dark. Don't even mention calling information. Like, don't even say call information. Let him figure out there's something called information. Let him call information. Anyway, but this is what they're doing now. The 40-year-old women, instead of trading in their husbands for a Harley, they're, for a guy named Harley, they're, instead of trading in their husbands for a Harley, they're, they are actually letting the power go out and just sitting in the dark till he can somehow figure out how to call the electric company and pay the bill. So, and that's it for marriage. Um, the main thing is get the man training. And there, there's actually a man trainer who's uh, the greatest there is and he's, he's just amazing and he works remotely but, um, but you have to at least meet him once or twice before he'll work with you remotely if you live in another country. And uh, but he's one of the best there is and he's right here in Jerusalem And uh, but it's top secret you can't let your woman know that you're seeing him if, she finds out, if he finds out that she knows about him he, your number will be blocked and you'll never speak to him again because it's that controversial in this day and age women have all the power and they will kill a man trainer they will kill a man trainer they have legal abilities to make him lose his job and destroy him so, so it's top secret. If anyone uses a man trainer, it's you'd be so careful that your wife never finds out. And you think that the wife would want it? I know. You think that would want it? Yeah. It's really hard for the women for the first like half a year oh. to get used to the fact that there's a man in the house. Real quick, what are the traits of a man? The, the younger ones. The older ones are happy about it. What are the traits of a man according to this paradigm, this definition? So you get cowboy boots. Frosty mug beer, <laughs> you know. Sensitive. <laughs> no, not sensitive. just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was just no, making no, that yeah, stuff no. up. It's too complex to ask. Oh wow. Right. Okay. Start like pants. <laughs> not type in. Okay. So we're not going to discuss that. It's okay, too much. Okay. okay uh, just one more thing. I'm going to answer the other challenge, and uh, and then I'm going to start moving faster through the questions. Just one thing. Please don't let me forget. Um, Ezra, you mind being the collector today? We feed, a, we feed a family for Shabbos. At this class, the Thursday class, we feed a family for Shabbos. So Ezra's going to be the point man. The, the, the man just poked his head in, which I forget every week unless he pokes his head in. So he just poked his head in. So we feed that family. Whatever we give them, that's what they eat. Okay, so sometimes we have a couple hundred shekels, sometimes we only got to a hundred. But anyone anyway, give a five, give a ten, give a fifty, a hundred, whatever. Okay, now, um, the other challenge you said was what did you say that challenge was oh yeah so someone who grows up Hasidic and no longer believes in that lifestyle um, it's, it's better that they do um, they stay in the clothing they should keep their keep their general appearance if they've already changed it okay so the, it's a bigger deal if they're going to go back to it not go back they got to speak to someone privately but uh better to stay in the, in the uh, external clothing of it, but what they should do ideally is become what's called Chazal become a Chazal Yid a Chazal Yid is a Jew who's, who's scraped off all the extra customs and is just keeping the actual Judaism, like real Judaism so become a Jew who actually keeps real Judaism, keep the clothing though, keep the payas if they got payas keep the hat and all that stuff do you have to now. Do you, does your hat still have to be glued on full time? Okay, you don't have to glue it on anymore. You know, you can move into uh, what's called um, what's called relative uh, versus absolute clothing requirements. For example, relativists say that if it's beach time, you don't wear a black hat and a long coat. You wear a bathing suit. When you're in the gym, you wear gym clothes. But when you're in city or in shul or in town, you wear your suit. But you can go hiking in Israel and find people hiking in the hot sun with hats and long coats, hiking. Hiking or bike riding. Okay, so that's out. That's for sure out. But the general externals is stay with it. You stay with it. If you go against it, you will always feel kind of... um, You'll always feel kind of tortured inside. You never feel at peace with it. you gotta, you got to honor your... Tra- we all have to honor our traditions. Otherwise, you'll have a monkey on your back your whole life. We all have to honor our traditions. Whatever your parents gave you, you got to honor it. Do you have to honor it the way they honored it? you have to push your kids the way they pushed you? Not at all. But a, a tacit honoring, a, a, a basic honoring of those traditions... Now, if something really will make you break out in hives and you'll start throwing up all over everybody, huh. that's out. You gotta. But, but anything short of throwing up, you continue. You continue in that tradition. Clear? What about emotional throwing up? Emotional what? Emotional throwing up. I'm saying the stuff that's really going to make you freak, that, so stay away from that. Maybe someday you'll go back to it. But don't worry about that. Just the gen- very general honoring of Masara, of tradition. Okay, you don't want to not do that. Otherwise, you'll be one of these guys who's so not at peace with himself because it's so ground in you. It's so you know it's in you. You can't get out of it. That's your whole issue. You can't get out of it. So stop trying to get out of it and start honoring it in a, a general way. Not in not all the specifics. Forget the specifics. Just general. Now, um, okay, uh, contraception in Judaism is much more popular these days um, just because people have lost the wherewithal, not everybody, but so many people have lost the wherewithal to go without birth control. To have kids in a way where there's a kid coming every year and a half to two years requires a, that you're built out of really, really solid stuff. Like, Who in the world's is built out of such things anymore? I mean, you'll go crazy. Most people today, if they tried to go no birth control and just started having kid after kid after kid, most people today would fall apart. And that means now there's like all these kids that are being raised by by a home that (laughs) fell apart. So what you do, when it comes to contraception, you have to speak to a rabbi about it. Each time you have a kid, you go back to the rabbi a year later when you're about year into nursing. Speak to the rabbi, is it time, is it not time? Meaning your rabbi, the rabbi knows you very well. He knows your stuff, he's dealing with you all the time. So that rabbi you speak to and you, and you um, figure out is it time for another kid or not time for another And then there's also amounts of kids. So let's say you waited, you spaced the kids out, but you got to four. And you just feel like you can't handle five you speak to the rabbi, you yeah, say, we, we're at, we're like, we're barely old none at four. So the rabbi will say, so then you're gonna have to wait to see if there's a fifth coming. And there's no fifth coming unless, like, you suddenly feel in, and then you come talk to me, and we'll discuss it, and maybe you'll have a fifth kid. Now this, what I'm saying to you may sound like totally normal, but this is brand new. I'd never say this. In the past, I would never say this. But we've come to a point where we have to. We have no choice anymore people are not built out of what it takes now are Jews still going to have double or triple the amounts of Gentiles or secular Jews for sure Jews who keep Torah are definitely going to have at least you know let's say Gentiles or secular Jews will have uh, you know point I don't know a little less than two kids um, per family so we're going to definitely have four you know Canadians still have three Um, and then there's uh And then, so, so up to, uh, up to, uh, you know, four kids, five (coughs) kids. But once you see, you're over the top. Now, my wife and I decided to, to go until, I mean, not that you're asking, but, but we just, we, we're from, we're built of different stock. We're 20 years older than all you people. We're from a different realm of reality. So we said, we're gonna keep going. We're just gonna keep going until we can't handle it anymore. And then once we can't handle it anymore, we're gonna have one more. <laughs> so what are you on now? no we, we had to we're at eight but Mom's but the uh but but really seven, we said okay we're we're about to freak, so we'll have one more. <laughs> but don't try that don't try that get get you should be managing well so that your kids are going to come out healthy as adults, okay yeah. Um, By the way, we're doing great, and thank God we had that last kid, because we had no idea what was about to come, and some like really intense times happened in our lives, and this kid was the savior of the family. Like, he was this constant joy for us. when we, we all went through such a heavy thing, and we always had this one kid who was this tiny little sweetheart, and so pure and so perfect, and we all just kind of, he was our light for the, what we went through yeah. and also I got to name him after my Rebbe Rav Noach Weinberg the founder of Eshat and uh, this this baby was the, got the name
1: yeah. of Rabbi
0: Noah Weinberg okay um, no more question right there just uh, real quick is uh, just I'm just going to give one line answers how do you know the woman her intuition will be buzzing zzz, 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 unless she's been divorced or something but her intuition will be like zzz, 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 and he's going to be Scared out of his mind. Okay, if if you're not really scared, gentlemen, that means it's probably not the girl. You got to feel scared, and and the girl's intuition be like, this is him, this is him, this is him, this is him. The guy should be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Now that voice of oh my gosh, is going to get louder and louder till the day of the wedding, and then it'll get quieter and quieter over the next fifty years. Now um, the Chokhm das is left out of the seven spheros because it's not um, it's uh, it's not revealed. It's it's just meaning I can have a thought. You can see me walking somewhere because I have a thought of where I'm going, but you don't know where I'm going. It's not revealed. You'd have to come at me or you'd have to follow me. So it, it's totally hidden. So it's not really part of this work. It's the it's the intellectual faculties that are hidden from from you know the design of this table is very clear to all of us. That's revealed. But the designer himself, before there was a table, it was all hidden until he made the table. Unless you, of course, were working with him. We're not doing sphere right now. Morality with weapons—I don't even know how to touch that. Morality with weapons. I mean, you're shooting to kill, so I can understand why they're trying to make a bullet that kills the most. Um, also, there's the other thing of putting some out of their misery quickly, rather than having some guy in the field dying of blood loss. You know, you can kill him instantly. Maybe is more moral. Uh, instancy before marriage <coughs> is, uh, is prohibited and, uh, and it um, is the worst thing you could ever do for discovering whether you want to marry somebody because the, uh, the second you touch someone you're no longer even touch them, hold their hand you are no longer objective Now I know no one in here would invest a million dollars without some objectivity why in the world would you make the second most important decision of your life, i.e. who you marry without total objectivity the second you touch the person, you're lost. You're, you've you're totally, you've, you, you've succumbed to all kinds of other types of thinking that is not a very objective for the second biggest decision of your life. And uh, weed and Judaism, <coughs> that's too big a subject to handle today. So uh, you'll have to stay tuned for next week and bring up weed and Judaism. Shalom, everybody. Okay, I, I give you... What? You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.